Hey everyone, welcome to Deconstruction with VCC. I'm Tyler Kern, and today we're talking pre-construction here on the show. And joining me is Taylor Marcellus. He's the director of pre-construction at VCC. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Absolutely. So Taylor, let's start off here with the basics. Uh, what is pre-construction for those who might not be familiar with the concept? And maybe for some who are, uh, tell us what your perspective is on, on what pre-construction is. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. Pre-construction is the events that take place up to the actual groundbreaking of the construction start of the project. Um, so there's a few different phases that are associated with pre-construction. It's really going to be your design of mm -hmm. the project, conceptual through uh, construction documents or permitting. Um, it's going to be your budgeting phase uh, for the project. It, it mirrors the conceptual through uh, construction start of the project, um, as well as your planning. So scheduling, uh, site logistics, uh, phasing, some of those other components and nuances that go with it. So how does what you do in pre-construction end up having an impact throughout the entirety of the process? How does good pre-construction kind of lead to better results? Well, to me, pre-construction is what really sets up the success for the project mm -hmm. uh, through completion. Um, so that's working closely with our owners and clients, our design team, engineers, consultants, um, ensuring that when we actually do begin construction, it's going to be successful. Uh, we're going to limit any RFIs, any costly items that might pop up through construction and, and, and tackle that through the pre-construction process. What kinds of challenges do you come up against on a, on a regular basis that make pre-construction challenging? Oh, right now, uh, definitely the budgeting phase. Um, I, I, as most people know right now, we're in a pretty tough construction market when it comes to uh, material availability, uh, lead times, um, cost escalation, um, inflation. Um, so really trying to navigate through kind of the headwinds that we have right now in, the, in today's market in terms of those areas. You mentioned a lot of those challenges. Let's talk about some of those. Uh, when it comes to material shortages or supply chain issues and that sort of thing, what sorts of things are you running up against when it, when it comes to those sorts, of, uh, those sorts of issues? Yeah, I mean, really name a material right now and it's generally <laughs> going to be a problem. Um, I know most people are familiar with the lumber market right now, we've we've seen it kind of settle down um, close to pre-pandemic numbers. Um, so that's it's a lot better than it was, you know, six months ago when you were talking about a 300, 350% um, swing when it came to pricing as, you know, opposed to a year ago. Um, Copper is another area where um, uh, pricing availability has been an issue with PVC as well. Um, and lately we've been seeing um, a pretty big problem with steel lately. That's really interesting. And how does also like the idea of labor shortages kind of come into that conversation as well? Because we know that those things, two things can be linked at times. Yeah. So skilled labor, it, it's really been an issue in the industry uh, for quite some time now. I would say within the last really five to 10 years, it's, it's you know, started to be a, a big problem for us um, in the construction industry. Um, but when it also comes to commodities and materials and those shortages that we were just discussing, um, a lot of our, you know, suppliers and, and, and their warehousing, um, they don't have the labor and actually, you know, to actually pump out the material. Right. Um, so that's lengthened lead times, delayed projects, um, caused a lot of project teams to kind of shift their focus to a different material that's readily available. And I guess that puts added importance, added pressure on that pre-construction process as well, because there are so many challenges when it comes to getting the right materials, sourcing those sorts of things and, and whatnot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, through the last year has been a little bit of a trial by fire as we try and navigate what shortages are propping up. Mm -hmm. um, so working closely with those vendors, those suppliers, our trade partners, um, to really try and get ahead of any issues that we might find when we actually 
do break ground. Um, you know, we'll tap into databases and you know some other resources to try and navigate those. Yeah, I was going to ask like, what sorts of things can you do to really try to navigate these fluctuating prices, fluctuating fluctuating lead times, things like that. that what are some ways that, that you've found that, that have been effective in doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we rely a lot on our trade partners throughout the pre-construction process. Mm -hmm. um, they deal directly a lot of times with commodity brokers and those vendors that are actually realizing those you know problematic areas with material lead times and how that really translates to the end user and you know us getting a material on site. So. Um, we'll, we'll try and rely a little bit on word of mouth, um, you know, watch the construction indices, um, see how pricing is, you know, shaking out over the course of the last few months all the way up to, you know, to years at that point. But, um, you know, trying to navigate as best as we possibly can right now through those uh, material shortages that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. So uh, are there materials that maybe people should keep an eye on that could be good substitutes for others? You mentioned uh, steel has been uh, a struggle. Is there any substitute for steel or lumber? Actually, anything there along is, those lines? yeah. Um, so and it's a little bit of a catch-22. Typically, whenever the market tries to make an adjustment for a shortage, they'll overwhelm the other side of that market, so that becomes a shortage. Right. Um, we were running into an issue with joists and deck. Mm -hmm. um, we were seeing, you know, lead times as much as 10 to 12 months. You know, that's wow. very difficult when you're trying to plan a project. Um, and, you know, the, the main structure of the building is 10 to 12 months out on a lead time. Um, so you have to put together some early release packages with the design team and kind of commit to those areas that you know are going to be in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when we did see those lead times, a lot of the a lot of the market shifted over to a traditional structure, you know, steel package with um, with I-beams and that overwhelmed the, the steel mills. Um, so we began to see what used to be an advantage in joists and deck and lead time and cost and, you know, traditional steel building kind of come close to each other. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of cost. So a lot of people switched it um, and that caused, you know, steel to just keep on going up in price. That's that's really fascinating and just uh, I guess an insight into how the market works when uh, when things get a, a little squirrely the way they've been. Yeah, the last absolutely. Year uh, another one lately has been you know hardy siding, horizontal siding for mm -hmm. a multifamily product. Uh, depending on where you're at regionally in the country, we've seen kind of a shift to stucco. Uh, there is a little bit of a price gap, but those are some of the other areas to try and navigate the the fiber cement material shortage mm -hmm. that we're seeing right now. Really, really interesting. So uh, I want to go back and, and kind of hit on something that we talked a little bit about at, at the beginning, but um, walk through what the long-term effects are throughout a project of good pre-construction. What, what sorts of benefits are tangible and noticeable um, once a project is nearing completion if pre-construction is done well? Most people will say on time, on budget, right? I mean, right. I, I think that's what a lot of focus is, is on time, on budget when it comes to a success you know, in terms of pre-construction. For me, it's when all stakeholders, all parties associated with the project are successful, you know, financially, um, resourcefully. That's That to me is, you know, a successful pre-construction is when the outcome is, you know, um, positive for all parties associated. And, and I suppose it's, it's one of those things that, that occasionally gets attached to the construction industry is oh, things are always late, things are always over budget and that sort of thing. It's just one of those unfortunate stigmas that I think sticks around. So by having that good pre-construction process, sometimes you can exceed expectations and that sort of thing in those sorts of ways. Yeah, absolutely. For, for us, there's really a multi-departmental approach to pre-construction. Mm -hmm. There's this umbrella, if you will, um, with pre-construction, project management, operations, quality control, and our in-house peer review. 
uh, between those departments really all working together, we're able to tackle some of the issues that we might see further down the road in the construction process. Right, right. And before we wrap up, I wanted to ask about offsite construction as well. How does that relate to pre-construction? Is there any factor that that plays as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, over the course of the last 30 years, people have been trying to find different avenues to get a project delivered a little bit quicker than normal. Sure. Uh, modular construction is one that comes to mind where, you know, majority of the building is, is manufactured or built off site and then assembled uh, in pieces. Um, we've had some experience lately with a prescient system that's at the Grandscape project in the colony. Um, it's a load-bearing metal stud system that's actually panelized and assembled and um, off-site brought to, to the site and then assembled from there. Um, it, they really pick up an advantage in terms of schedule. What's help? Would, it'll help offset some of the costs associated with you know changing the structure types. Really, really interesting. Uh, do you anticipate that we'll see more of that in the future, or uh, what, what? Just what's your general uh, thought on that? I mean, people will always look to find you know improvement and and systems and you know speed to market. Um, so I, I think that it's you know it's absolutely an area of growth. That'll be really interesting to watch. Taylor Marcellus, Director of Pre-Construction at VCC. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Deconstruction with VCC. We appreciate it very much. Stay tuned for new episodes coming out shortly. But for this one, for my guest today, Taylor Marcellus, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.